Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Let me tell you, let me tell you what's funny uh, that I've noticed. You know how we've been talking about this Tuesday in Texas for two months. Yeah. You know, I was going back through my notes and like, I think it has been like exactly two months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was right. It was the weekend of the Titans game, the weekend we got COVID. Yeah. And I love weekend how we did 50th episode Royal Rumble. Yeah. 92. Oh, of course. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we've been talking about it so much. It's turned into an abbreviation and it's T-tit. T-tit. Dude, I've been geeking out about I figured we'd bring that up. Now we've got our cold open again. Exactly. We're going to be talking about T-tit, baby. Exactly. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah. All right. You ready? Let's do it. Hey, yo, welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 58. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Great. Eight. Hi. 50. Hi. How, how are you? Oh, man, I'm great. You know, uh, the sun's been out. You know, I've been, it, it, the, the weather's been nice. You know, I've been taking long ass walks. I'm about mm. to get my bike. Like, you know, this is just sort of a time of year where things feel kind of on the rise for me. And I am, uh, and I am with it. I'm spring is on the horizon yes. yeah i took a few walks this week as well yesterday was kind of a shitty day but today sunday nice again but yep. i wanted to bring up a point last week when we did episode 57 that was uh the year of your father's birth when we yes. talked about his yes. birthday this yeah. week episode 58 was the year of scott hall's birth oh who, may he rest in peace we haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show but yeah i just thought that was an interesting wow uh, Little tidbit after we had 57, your dad, 58, Scott Hall. So uh, things uh, kind of happen that way sometimes. But yes, uh, they do. we just wanted to kind of take the opportunity to. So we're going to start the show with our, if you recall, which we haven't done in a while since we've been doing so many interviews and other things of that sort. And we're going to do uh, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title ladder match at WrestleMania 10. Of course, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall's best match of his career, I'd say. Um, but before we get into that, just wanted to kind of, you know, talk about the importance of Scott Hall on the business. Sure. And I know, you know, you weren't too, too familiar with him just because you were obviously in and out watching as a kid. But I know we watched Bash at the Beach 96 yeah. earlier. He was a big figure in the NWO. But just kind of wanted to get any thoughts you have about Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Obviously, we just watched this match, but anything that comes to mind for you with him or just what do you think of, you know, from getting back into this, just what do you think about him? Obviously, it was such a huge loss in the wrestling community. I mean, he was such a staple of the 90s and, you know, into the early 2000s. But, yeah, what do you got? I knew you would ask me this exact question earlier this week. <laughs> so I wrote a list like on Tuesday funny enough this tuesday um, this tuesday yes scott hall what i know i know <laughs> I, 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 I know razor ramon which i'm gonna ask you a little bit more um about razor ramon once we get into the if you recall uh bash at the beach yeah. one of the creators of the nwo um 
He was a gloriously hairy man. <laughs> he yes, was. he very like, was. Like, like, like he wasn't one of those like men who's just is so hair, like like Steve Carell and the forty year old virgin, just that like complete like covering. It was like all per. I, I mean, it may have you know to do with some grooming products, possibly you know ones <laughs> from our sponsors in Manscaped. We know but, all about uh, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From our uh, wonderful sponsor there. Um, but uh, yeah, that um, I know he's. Um, Certainly something that marked a lot of his, you know, not just career, but life. He battled a lot of personal demons with substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a recurring thing, but it was always something he, he battled and never gave into. Yep. Um, and, and again, you know, like kind of as somebody who was sort of on the periphery of all this for me, like to see, you know, that, yeah, people, you know, just about every podcast we're associated with is doing a Scott Hall episode of some point, you know, really shows the impact for him. So, or the impact of him. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's, that, that that's kind of me and Scott Hall, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, definitely am, am eager to, to, to learn more as I will. Um, yeah. 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 You mentioned the hair, how hairy he was. And, you know, in the nineties, certainly wrestlers were a little more hairier than they are today. Well, but but his like is so blacks. even like, his yeah, is, it like, looked but, perfect. Yeah, like literally every hair is just like evenly linked. Like, like it's it's not short <laughs> enough for it to be like hook hairy, where you have that yeah. li- that little patchiness. It's like everywhere. Like that is like a a hairy man. Like a well, and a he well-grown. was like six six two sixty, yeah. just a big guy. Like I always said, he just looks like a wrestler. You yeah. know, like yeah, he's yeah. just got that look. He had the greasy hair. Uh, like you said, the hairy chest. He was big. He was charismatic um i don't think it was batch at the beach 96 obviously you remember people chucking drinks in the ring and beers and everything going haywire but i think it was like shortly after that on a nitro there's just a famous image of scott hall like greasing up his hair and someone hammers it a fan hammers him with like a coke from the stands and he just does he no sells the shit out of it and he's still just doing his thing just such a funny clip um, but as we've talked about, I got into wrestling in 97, which he was in the NWO at that point, but I really learned to love the Razor Ramon character pretty quickly from watching all the old WrestleManias, WrestleMania 10 specifically. Um, I had on Super Nintendo, WWF Royal Rumble and WWF Raw, the video games. And I feel like I was always Razor Ramon, Bret Hart or Owen Hart. Like those yeah. were my three guys. He always had the most badass theme music. I just thought it was so cool as a kid. He looked so cool. Um, when I was watching him, he was mostly the baby face. So it was literally one of my kind of first favorite wrestlers as a kid, along with Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Like, I think those were kind of the first three that I was really drawn to. And then, of course, everything with the NWO, you know, was so good. And he was on Team Black and White. And there was Team Wolfpack, which I was certainly more into because they were the good guys. But he was just always a major factor, and he was the reason that Goldberg's streak ended up ending as he handed Kevin – or he tased Goldberg with, like, a cattle prod, like, mm-hmm. not oh, really oh, realized. Yeah, yeah. No one – But he was, yeah, he Kevin was Nash, like the, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay. And that led to the famous finger poke of doom, which was kind of the start of the downfall of it. But I do remember – the next month they'd had like a ladder match. It was Goldberg versus Scott Hall, but instead of a belt hanging, it was a taser. So you had to grab the taser and tase your opponent. Just, I remember, I think I watched that live like January of 99, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, like you mentioned, he did battle some 
substance abuse, alcohol addiction, things of that sort for a long time. You know, that's it's kind of the unfortunate thing with this era of wrestling that we've, you know, this is now shit, what, probably 10 or so people that have passed away since we've started doing this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we always try and shed a light on it. Um, but I do know, you know, he he did his best. He did battle. Yeah. I know DDP, he credited DDP a lot with kind of saving, helping save his life and kind of get him back on track with working out and quitting and drinking and whatnot. And you see DDP did that too with the Macho Man, am I right? Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so they were both kind of yeah. together, I think, like living with DDP for yeah. a long time. And now, you know, look at Jake. We've seen him not as much recently, but on Dynamite doing oh, yeah. well, you know. So obviously, Scott, you know, just I re did read, I think, x-pac sean waltman had come out and said that like with covid he had just really struggled with the isolation with drinking he said something about how he had like fallen and i don't know if he broke his hip but hurt his hip and didn't have his phone and was just like down for like a day just oh like tragic God. shit so you know it just sounds like the pandemic just generally just kind of ended up doing him in you know after all those mm. years of struggle and whatnot but like you said, every podcast that we're in these Twitter groups with or just that we're seeing on Twitter and interacting with, everyone's doing something. And that just shows how important he was to this business and to people around our age growing up at that time. Like, again, like so many people are like, oh, yeah, Razor Ramon was the best. Um, and I don't know if you know his character initially Actually, started. That, that, that was uh, my very first question, I guess, um, Okay. for WM10, if you recall. So I guess do you want to just kick into it? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, this is WrestleMania 10, Madison yeah. Square Garden. Um, like I mentioned earlier, ladder match, uh, Razor Ramon is the champ. But Shawn Michaels also had a belt because he had to vacate the belt at one point and he never truly lost it. So he thought he was still the champ. So that's why there were two belts hanging above the ring. But yeah, what is your question? My first question is, what exactly um, was the Razor Ramon character identity slash gimmick? Because yeah, that's yeah. something I don't have much background on. So please, yeah. um, please elaborate. So it's, he came in in like late 92, I think. I remember he tagged with Ric Flair at Survivor Series 92, and he ended up challenging Bret Hart for the title at Rumble 93. But he came in, they would do all these video packages or vignettes, as they, as they would call them, and they built him from Miami, Florida. And the character was based heavily on Tony Montana from Scarface. Oh, like okay. So like he would go, hey, yeah. Chico, and just kind of like talk about how it, rich he was. It, and it, you it, saw he wear the gold chains. And razors to cut up cocaine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then there, you there saw you during the match they were on his Rhythm. trunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, which as a little kid... <laughs> I thought those were movie tickets. <laughs> I, just kind of, I just remember like asking my brother, like, why does he have movie tickets on his, you know, I'm like 10 years old, 11 years old. And he's like, yeah. those are razors. I'm like, Oh, but could you oh. see how I would like kind of confuse if you remember his trunks, like, you I know what it. I'm talking yeah. about. Oh yeah. No, no. I saw them on there too. And I was just yeah. like, yeah, but now, movie. but now, now with the Scarface uh, yeah. um, analogy, it makes total sense. So yeah, okay, that, that was that was the missing it. link there. Okay. Yep, that was basically it, and they just had all these various video packages when they introduced him, and he was the bad guy. So you mm -hmm. know, and he'd talk about that, and yeah, so that was kind of that, and then eventually, like probably less than a year in or about a year in, he turned babyface, which he was for this match and really kind of throughout 94 and 95 and he became the, the intercontinental title synonymous with him mm -hmm. like he never won a world title 
which kind of prompted the discussion of is he the best or one of the best wrestlers to ever not win a world title? Others in that group would be Owen Hart, British Bulldog, Rowdy Piper, Mr. Perfect. I'd say those are kind of like the top five. Those are the um, ones I see on on Twitter a good bit when that question was asked. Yeah. But yeah, I think he ended up either the the, the, the Mount Ru- the the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to you know, that would some, probably some, be the five I can think of off the top of my head. Some sagely uh, advice, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he had the Intercontinental Title like three or four times in an mm-hmm. era where the Intercontinental Title meant yeah. a hell of a lot more than it has in the last decade or two. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, just awesome stuff. And as I typically do with, if, and this is interesting because all the shows that we're going to talk about today, um, we did not watch together at all. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, usually I feel like we'll watch if you recall or something together. So this should be fun. And, uh, typically like I do just right off the cuff, what the hell did you think of this match? A five-star classic, and I think one of the most iconic matches, definitely of the 90s, but truly in the history of WWE. Oh, sure. Um, honestly, this looked more like an Attitude Era product than a, you know, previous era product, I thought. Just just yeah. um, what the characters were wearing, just kind of, you know, what they were doing, how they were, you know, you had the concrete exposure, um, yep. you know, knocking people off the ladders. It just seemed a lot more extreme than, like, Whenever I see that classic, like gold stiff WWF logo, you know, mm-hmm. usually I associate that more with the silliness of like your Royal Rumble '92. But the this cartoonish looked, nature yeah, yeah, that we've yeah, talked about, yeah, and, and generally that's what this era was. But obviously, this match just being, um, you know, very different than really anything they were yeah, doing yeah. at that time. Yeah, it definitely seemed like it was an Attitude Era forerunner. I mean, it had all, you know, it had all the classic ladder spots, except multiple ladders. I guess that hadn't been a thing yet because it is the OG. Yeah. Um, it's the original. And I mean, you know, I think that, that that's what's great about it, because all those same spots get used all the freaking time, you know, exactly. So and I think like, I told like the, you ahead of time, just yeah. the simplicity of this match. Yes. Like, there is just one ladder. And those, so there had been one ladder match prior to this that was not televised. And that was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. But oh, okay. This was the first ever televised ladder match. So obviously completely innovative, everything they were doing. And it's at WrestleMania where it was, you know, the, what the penultimate, you know, event. Yes. Which Bill Clinton, I remember when I popped it up, I saw um, a Bill Clinton interview after it and I'm like, okay. And I I guess this is, I guess this is what they would call in view from the tightrope, a bit bit of a sidebar, but uh, you know, like the tightrope, the (laughs) tightrope. but oh uh, yeah sidebarred up yeah, yeah but uh if, if if and i've talked about this before on on this podcast if they could get a sitting president in like like with all the secret service like it just baffles me why vince mcmahon hasn't brought donald trump well so that um, wasn't actually bill clinton <laughs> Don't, I thought for the longest time as a kid that it was too, but well, that was I, I Bill didn't, Clinton I, impersonator. I, 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 I didn't watch the interview. I was like, holy shit, they brought Bill Clinton to WrestleMania. So they would interview him like multiple <laughs> times throughout the show. And yeah, dude, oh. I thought it was him too when I was a kid. But, you know, I eventually smartened up and realized that that was just an impersonator that I'm sure Vince was fucking loving, loving it. Oh, we got Bill Clinton. Ha <laughs> ha so oh, sidebar so yeah, over what big bill clinton yeah <laughs> that's Unreal. great yeah um but uh but no uh like I, um i guess they kind of start getting into the details of the match some hilarious things um that the 
WrestleMania X doors in the back. Oh, that, so we're, classic. We're, they would, and, it, and it didn't look like they were automatic doors, like doors yeah. like at a Kroger, you know. Yeah. Would open. It looked like there were like stagehands in the back, like pulling them. Pushing it open. Yeah, yeah, yeah pushing pulling it, it open. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it didn't seem very mechanical. It seemed very kind of like a little uneven. And whenever they tossed um, Kevin Nash. Yeah. Diesel, yeah, you Diesel, had to get yeah, through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whenever I saw that, I was like... <laughs> Well, and it was hilarious when he got tossed, which was pretty immediately. And I remember him just screaming at the left, did you see something? Did you see something? <laughs> and then he gets fucking chopped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we got that concrete exposure pretty early, you know. Yeah. Pretty early, in which I believe that was uh, – Scott Hall had pulled it up, right? And I he think, did you know, it, and he ended up landing on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was going for the razor's edge, his finishing move on the con- – and, yeah, this is still like three minutes in. And oh, yeah. This was only an 18-minute, 47-second match. So, yeah. like, they packed so much into that time, and there was not a wasted second. But, yeah, Michaels countered it, flipped him over, and he hit pretty hard, and that was oh, yeah. exposed concrete. Yeah, like, I'm he- sure that probably hurt. Yeah, he did land on his side, which, like, you know, whenever they pulled that up, they're like, oh, um, they're not going to do, like, a DDT or any, like, head-driving move onto that. Which, yeah. like, in a lot of, you know, wrestling that I watch even today, like, you know, Attitude Area, um, you know, to AEW, like, the stuff that I've seen, you rarely see that, like, concrete exposure. The full you know? exposure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that was, like, pretty extreme to go there in the beginning. Pretty, like, hair-raising, stakes-raising stuff. For sure. I thought. Um, but yeah, um, no, it, um, and I think Jerry Lawler said this. Here's another fun observation, and this was about Razor Ramon. His doctor writes his prescriptions in spray paint. <laughs> like, 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 what is that supposed to mean? Like, I, 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 I had no idea. This classic heel Jerry Lawler just yeah. ripping on the baby faces in any way he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a ridiculous. Yeah, line. yeah, yeah. No, I had to write that down, but uh. But no, it definitely was an exciting match. You know, a lot of, you know, just kind of stuff where they would battle it out on the ladder. There would be a lot of toppling the ladder over, you know, like it was kind of just a really, really fun mix of that. Um, You know, that kind of was like, like it wasn't like an escalating thing where it's like here comes more ladders or here comes more interference. Yeah. It was a it match. was all built around that one ladder. Yeah, yeah, it was a match with the ladder, and then kind of when the ladder got twisted a little bit, that's yep. when you kind of knew like okay, like things are kind of about to reach ahead. And the um, king's like the ladder's broke because yep. yeah, I think he got like close or Hall like had suplexed Michaels off the ladder, and yeah, it just completely like bent, and he yep. fell to the ground as well. Yeah. Yeah, so like that that was kind of when things changed, but like you know, like I said, it was a wrestling match with a ladder, you know. With one, one ladder. With one ladder. And like this probably when it first came out was a gimmick, but it seems more gimmicky now whenever they do oh, ladder matches because that's when they bring, sure. bring bring out all the ladders and they're 40 you know, ladders, different yeah, sizes. Yeah, and they're they're jumping and they're like throwing people from one ladder onto another one. Through yeah, yeah through other yeah. ladders. Yeah. yeah. And, and though this one I, I imagine was you know sort of um booked or um promoted as a gimmick. Like it did not seem like it, it was just a wrestling match w- with a ladder without pinning. Yep. You know, yeah. And, th- and exactly. that's what I and, that, and that's what I respected the most about it. And that's like kind of where I get think it gets its sense of classicism from beyond it just being the first televised ladder match for sure yeah like i was talking to my brother and i'm like 
it's still an unbelievable match and like it does clearly hold up today but it's different just because today's ladder match standards are you know you have your money in the banks that are always like six or seven people and like you said there's 40 ladders so it's just different but it's the simplicity of this match that makes it so brilliant and that it was the first um and just all the different types of spots they did like i love the one at the end and Michaels was on offense like 70% yeah. of the time. Yeah. And he grabbed the ladder first and he was hammering Razor with it. I think the first thing is he drop kicked, like slid baseball slid, kicked it into the stomach while Razor yeah. was still on the outside. Yeah. Um, but towards the end, he had kind of set up the mat the ladder closed in the corner and like drove it on top of yeah. Razor's body. Very cool spot. Yeah. yeah. And then there was the I part where that. I think where I think he had the, the ladder set up over razor and razor was kind of in the middle and he was sort of doing like a push-up to try yep. to get out of it that was kind of that was also those were both towards the end and let's just get to the finish here and then we okay. can kind of work yeah. a little backwards because yeah those things happen oh go ahead oh yeah and i have a big question about the finish too because like obviously it involves sean michaels getting his leg caught in the ropes <laughs> so yeah. like how like 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 is that i mean i don't i don't know if you have the specific answer to this was that orchestrated or accidental and if it's orchestrated like how like because like i that think seems... it was definitely orchestrated so this yeah. was something but then, but they would seems... do with andre the giant back in the day because uh-huh. he was so big like sometimes he'd get thrown back against the ropes and his arms would get caught and you know bobby heenan's doing everything he can to get him out so yeah basically he got he was michaels was climbing the ladder and then razor like ran his shoulder into it and then he got crotched on the top rope and then like I think I'm sure they probably practiced this, but he just knew exactly how his leg needed to go. Like you can, if you watch it and I've seen it so many times, like you can tell he knows exactly what he's doing there. Uh And then actually he gets out of it a little early (laughs) because he kind of gets out and like razor isn't even like starting to climb yet. And then I think he like accidentally or like intentionally like ties his arm up a little bit too to kind of make sure he has a little more time yeah i was wondering how they would do that because it seemed like you know a bit of a challenging thing to pull like you would have to land a certain way yeah to to get your leg wrapped around like that yeah because because if you didn't you know like there's not a lot of other ways you can kind of like you know play that off yeah i just think that's how good michaels was and obviously just leads to the importance of diesel being ejected because if he was out there he could have helped him out yeah um but then razor climbs grabs both belts and just fucking falls hard from the top of the ladder immediately uh but yeah crazy stuff i love one famous spot is early on when Michaels is climbing up and Razor pulls his pants down, exposing his ass. Do you remember? Yeah, oh, you oh yeah. I wrote Again, him. as a kid, we fucking loved it. It was just the funniest thing as a kid. And then he hammers like a big elbow drop after before yeah. and then pulls his pants up. Oh, yeah. But, and, and, and like a couple, like for as much as wrestlers grab like the waistline of others, of another one's pants, like I'm surprised we don't see that more. But also I think to this, like, you know, like the camera didn't go away from it like the camera was pretty yeah the camera was they weren't like because i feel like now they probably would cut to another angle you know you could hear the women going crazy in the crowd because they love Shawn michaels and the chance to get to see his butt i mean and then i think commentary made some sort of like well he made an ass of him so i forget what it was yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right thing that they said and but shortly yeah. after that, we had Michael set up the ladder in the corner and he climbed all the way to the top and did that like big splash, which just again, for that time, it was so high. He hammered him. It just looked so good. Just yeah. how he kind of flew through the air. Um, and Michael's like, again, you 
this was before he kind of really got elevated to like one of the best guys in the company. But I think this match was such a big part, like his bumping, like there were several times, like he got thrown into the ladder and just would flip over out of the ring and just flop around. Like he was one of the best sellers of all time. And just Mm -hmm. so good at just like AJ Styles is the best now at just like contorting your body in all these different ways. And like Michaels was just the innovator of that from the beginning. But yeah, yeah, there's just so much good shit. Um, I'm trying to see. I've got a few notes here. But then we've, I think we've covered most of it. There was like one of the rare non-ladder spots, like after the ladder was introduced, like almost everything they were doing had something to do with the ladder, but it was towards the end. Michaels hit him with a super kick and then into a really nice pile driver mm-hmm. um, that were like two kind of rare moves that weren't involving the ladder there. Um, and that's when he ended up driving him down on the ladder. And then that's when he climbed with razor under it. And then we already talked about the finish. So yeah, it yeah. was, uh, it's a hell of a match. Oh you know, yeah. Definitely. I, I, like oh, I remember ahead. razor Ramon, like after like, he, like he had won, he like literally fell off the ladder. Yeah. Just completely fell. like that had yeah, to hurt too. Oh yeah. Like from like the top rung or next to the yeah. top. Yeah. So just, you know. I don't know if he was just selling that fatigue or if it was just real, but I mean, yeah, yeah, either way I bought it. So for sure. And then, Mm -hmm. so they end up having a ladder rematch at SummerSlam 95. So about a year and a half later, that's pretty much just as good as this one. I think it goes longer. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, I think Dave Meltzer gave it four and three quarter stars, but again, these two guys just were so damn good. And in that, you know, in this era, which was definitely kind of a down period for WWF. Like this kind of made these two guys as stars for sure. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Like I said, it um, definitely had an attitude era just kind of feel for sure. with, with the, with the sort of, you know, grittiness, like with the concrete thing, with the ladder spots, yep. with it seeming extreme like that, that, that just, you know, if you would have put the scratchy WWF logo there, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have, you know, noticed the difference. So, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, for this time, like this was very, very unique and, very, you know, like they wouldn't have too many extreme type stipulations at this point. And just another note real quick about this show. I can't remember if Meltzer gave them both five, but I did. So this match and the opener, which was Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, were like t- are two of the best WrestleMania matches ever. Um, everything else in between, okay. But um, this WrestleMania definitely holds a special place in my heart because, you know, I've talked about ha- my brother's buddy having one through 13, like, box set, and I would just watch them so much that this was definitely one of my favorites because what I say to you earlier, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon were, like, my three guys. And, yeah. of course, I loved Michaels, too. So, yeah, love me some WrestleMania 10. Good shit. Good stuff. So uh, we are, I didn't even, I meant to mention this earlier and before we get all into it, but what we're going to be primarily talking about the rest of the show is this Tuesday in Texas, (laughs) which stems back for two months ago when we were doing our 50th episode covering Royal Rumble 92. And I talked because in that match, Macho Man came out like a house of fire coming after Jake Roberts. And I told you the backstory about um, a bit with the snake. Yes. And then we ended up watching that video and we even started watching this Tuesday in Texas that night at your house. No, I passed like, out. Oh, we're going to cover this next week. But then the Bengals end up going to the Super Bowl. So that kind of put the plans off. 
And then I'm like, oh shit, AEW is going to be in San Antonio in the Freeman Coliseum where this Tuesday in Texas took place. So once we got to like, we got to do it this week. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and then luckily, you know, Mike and Derek came when they did, and yep. NBA Jam and Trevor Kelsey, and yeah. So we had Ray enough Adali, stuff kind yeah. of in between Rayon, here. Yeah. So it just felt like perfect timing since AEW is at the yeah. Freeman Coliseum. Yeah. Let's dust off T Tit this Tuesday in Texas as the as we've been texting each other just the acronym T T I T T Tit. Um, so that you know we'll. we'll discuss that and the hilarity of that show which was a rare tuesday night pay-per-view in early december of 91 and then once we get through that we will touch on dynamite from the freeman coliseum from earlier this week just you know give you a kind of a brief rundown and talk about our favorite parts uh so yeah this is going to be a hoot and holler This Tuesday in Texas, your favorite name of a wrestling show ever, right? Yeah, yeah T Tit. <laughs> and on my, oh, notes, I remember. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I <laughs> know. Uh, well, well, I have I have it in my my phone notes, and this Tuesday is like underlined, like it, like so, so you can make an appointment on your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> well, just again, when I told you the name of this show, because yeah. we're watching it, I'm like, yeah, they actually had a Jake and Macho Man had a match this Tuesday in Texas. You just started cracking up. And I know we even talked about this in our 50th episode, but just one of those things that you just couldn't stop geeking out about. Yeah. And I well, couldn't well, stop laughing well, this well, Tuesday well, in Texas. Well, well, the thing is, it's just got a um, like a funny, like phonetic sonic ring to it. You yeah. know, it just sounds funny. And also, like, there's a clear lack of creativity. Like, they were really, like, reaching down into the bottom of the barrel to come up with the name. You yeah. know, it was just kind of a, like, just a Let's little. Let's call it This Tuesday in Texas. And everyone's just like, okay, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so, just, like, yeah, it takes, like, the most basic elements of what's happening. It's happening on a Tuesday and it's in Texas. In Texas. Yeah, the, yep. the, the, yeah, the only thing that's missing is the word wrestling. You know, because that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> yep, you are absolutely right. So this Tuesday in Texas takes place on Tuesday, December 3rd, 1991. As I mentioned from the, as JR called it this week, the Joe and Harry Freeman Coliseum, which I loved. Uh, but interestingly enough, we start the show in the bowels or the catacombs of the Joe Lewis Arena with Mean Gene which is where Survivor Series 91 took place six days prior, where The Undertaker ended up winning the WWF title from Hulk Hogan. But I just loved it immediately. You turn this show on, and it's Mean Gene in the bowels of an arena with Paul Bear and The Undertaker. Like, no lead-in, no nothing. Like, you, here we are. Here we are. So and, like, just and it was crazy. such a weird promo, too, because he kept, the, he kept on calling him Mr. Okerlund. Mr. Which reminded me of... Um, which reminded me of Agent Mr. Anderson from The Matrix oh, yeah. a little bit. Like, it, it had that kind of vibe to it. But, yeah. Um, no, yeah, just, you know, that with the dark lighting and then Paul Bear doing the overacting. Whoa. You know, yeah. Stroke. 
yeah yeah he, him doing kind of the over the the, the little overacting thing and yep. then uh <laughs> and Gene's a little scared. He's scared, and there's a cop. They're building up to opening up this coffin, and it's like, yep, yep. Hulkamania dies here. Yep. And then, um, like as they open up that that coffin, you hear him. You're the. I think this is the Undertaker saying, "This Tuesday." Yeah. <laughs> we were dying. So I have it down here. He says, "Look into the coffin, Mister Okerlund. Hulkamania died at Survivor Series. Now the only thing left is this Tuesday." Is the burial? <laughs> See, it just—it just sounds this funny. Tuesday. <laughs> it just—it just has the, the just just the rhythm of it. Yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> I remember when we watched this the first time at your house two months ago. We were dying at this Tuesday, so this I imagine Tuesday. this episode is probably going to be called "This Tuesday in Texas." This Tuesday. <laughs> So yeah, what a fucking opener. Like, just so unique to just, like, it's like two minutes of just this madness. And mm-hmm. like, just compare this with what we just talked about, this ladder match, which was only like two plus years later. Just mm-hmm. so different here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, unbelievable stuff. We're welcomed uh, by the classic duo of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Which I got, I got a lot of heat, like, you know, like, I feel like even as much in Royal Rumble 92, I got a lot of, you know, of like sort of impression from him of what kind of a commenter he is. Cause, cause man, he had some uh, lewd things to say that you can't say no more on TV. (laughs) I must say. You got some of those written. Do you even want to say them? I well, I don't well, have anything specific, but well, yeah, he was all like he would always talk so much shit about the good guys. Too. Oh yeah, and I guess going into our first match, you know, which is a Bret Hart versus Skinner, correct? <laughs> the Alligator Man from Alligator. the Everglades, Skinner. That's right for the Intercontinental yes. Title. And uh, and and Bret Hart. And it, um, are, are we doing the the Who Wins? Oh yeah, well we yeah, can yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bret Hart defeats Skinner in 13 minutes, 46 seconds to retain the Intercontinental title. What you got? Oh, yeah. When Heenan called a teenage girl a bimbo. Yeah. Like he yeah, did. He, he did. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart gave the gir- the glasses to these sure, girls. Yeah. Which usually he gives them to like a little kid. But yeah, these are definitely like late teenagers, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. yeah he, he said the girls are going nuts. They're screaming, losing their minds. And yeah, he's like, get her some oxygen. That bimbo's going to faint. Like, like, okay, like, like, even in the context of the time, I think that's a little mean spirited. Yeah. Like, God, like those girls, like, you know, like that, that probably they probably talked about that for a month. Oh, I got oh, I, 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 one would hope they still have Bret Hart's glasses, like somewhere like visible in their homes. Probably you know? look one of the best moments of their lives. And then when they rewatch the show, they have to hear Bobby Heenan call her bimbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 I think that's that's pretty pretty mean spirited but but i mean yeah. he but i mean heenan pulls pulls no punches with this kind you know like he is he a, was the he best a heel commentator you know yep. like the gold standard truly yeah and it was the 90s so you know they like you said they could say a lot more shit then than you can now or yeah. could even 10 15 years ago but yeah so funny um another thing i loved was during the match which was okay i mean it went way too long and i mean bret hart certainly did his damnedest to make it a good match um i I noted that gorilla monsoon was ripping on skinner multiple times basically about being poor and cheap (laughs) he's like (laughs) skinner doesn't have a whole lot of money tied up in wrestling gear because he's just wearing like a cut off flannel and just these pants 
like a Steve, like kind of almost like a Steve Irwin ish. Yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Just with a fat dip in, which yeah, it looks like the, the chew or dip in that he has. It's like black. You know, yeah. it's not even bre- It's like black. It's, oh, yeah. So it's yeah, just yeah, hilarious. yeah. And it's constant. Like, mm-hmm. I think in Royal Rumble 92, he would like spit on people. Like every match you would do, he'd have it in, which God love him. But, yeah. and then another thing, um, Oh, what did he say? He just kept calling him cheap. Like Gorilla called him cheap multiple times, which I just thought was so funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you maybe know, maybe he's good at saving money. You know, maybe he's, yeah, he's yeah, like it's not a bad thing somewhere. Yeah, yeah it's know? not exactly a bad thing to be cheap, mm-hmm. Gorilla. But again, as the babyface commentator, I guess that's his way of kind of shitting on the heel. But yeah, again, just funny stuff and. There was one part I thought there was two things I had noted that were really funny. I don't know if you caught. There was one like low angle camera shot that just showed his like Skinner's silver spittoon. Like yeah. in the oh, shot, yeah. it's just like the camera was angled like per- where that was like right in frame. I thought was funny. I know Heenan mentioned multiple times like throwing it on Hitman or whatever. Yeah. And then there was another part, I think like right after that where the camera was very close up on Skinner's face and he had mm. his foot on Bret Hart's throat and he was just, I wrote maniacally laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't remember. Very, very uh, like, you know, see, that's a very old, you know, something that was completely absent from, you know, the ladder match that I kind mm-hmm. of, you know, would have maybe expected to be there during that period of time, maybe a little bit more. So. Like a little silliness. Is that kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like your Hills, like, ha, 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 you know, like when again that match was just no bullshit you know like there was so much bullshit during this era but that match, which made that match so great and and, and during the show like this show is just full of it this show is insane but like 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 texas longhorn cow pie bulls like like just this show is insane like not a good wrestling show by any means but we were talking about this earlier like it's objectively a bad show but i really enjoyed watching it just because especially what we're going to get into next. But that opener was insane. The main event is ridiculous. And we have our boy Repo Man in here. Yeah. So, yeah, what a show. Um, But we got the classic Hitman spots where he does the Russian leg sweep into the backbreaker, the elbow off the second rope for two. And eventually he slaps the sharpshooter on her for the victory, on her, on him for the victory. Um, And, yeah, Bret Hart was never, ever going to lose the title to Skinner here. But like I said, he took a lot of offense from him. He did his damnedest to make this a serviceable match, which I'd say it was. It just went on a little too long, and Skinner's just not a good wrestler. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, You got anything else for that, or shall we move on to the true madness of this show? No, let's let's get mad. God. So, yeah, the reason why we really started watching it was for – the Jake the Snake Roberts and Macho Man feud, which clearly continued into the Royal Rumble, which was about a month and a half later. So we start oh. with a Jake the Snake promo. Sorry, did you have something? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, you know, or no, go on. Okay. And so he just cut an awesome pro. Like this was top heel Jake the Snake. So good. Like his promos were so almost demonic. And he just talked about loving that the snake was chewing on Randy's arm and he, he enjoyed for some Go time ahead. he did for some time did he chew you know was the <laughs> was the was the rather poetic way he put it i remember that amazing yeah. i'm glad yeah. you got that yeah and then he said that seeing he enjoyed seeing elizabeth's eyes so scared for the man she loves and it made him feel so good and i enjoyed hearing elizabeth scream while randy could do nothing that's almost sounded like the undertaker again <laughs> 
<laughs> and, uh, but then he says, like, anything he does is Jack Tunney's fault. Trust me. In which Jack Tunney, I introduced to you when we watched as the on-screen president at this time. And he'll certainly make his presence known a few times throughout this show. Uh, and then we have Macho Man. Oh, yeah, well, Jake, you better not trust me. And I won't trust you here. Yeah, I'm going to crush you with the elbow. And I'm going to get that rush when I look into Elizabeth's eyes when I win. Yeah. So here's here's what I under I gained to understand about the Macho Man from that promo. Please, he uses the the yeah like, yeah. It's, like it, it, it's a punctuation. It's like a comma. Yes, it you is. Know? That's it exactly is. It's like, right. It's like when he's moving on to a to a next thought. And he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you because they're not like you know because I always thought they were like oh yeah you know kind of like a exclamation. But they're more like commas. They're more just kind of weaved in there, yeah. You know. But he would do the oh yeah as well. But yeah, in this case, it's definitely a comma. Yeah, but yeah. It it is a weird kind of like weaving in and out way of speaking. So like, it's bizarre, and equally as bizarre was his um, attire that looked. Oh like my a, god! Yeah, I've been waiting to talk to you. About yeah, that looked like <laughs> I, I got here. It it's just bizarre. It looks like a like a it has a picnic table pattern, but also like a weird Dixie cup kind of thing going on. Like and it it's like. It's red and black, or like orangish red and black checkers. Yeah, it looked like something out of Alice in Wonderland, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then just these just crazy weird. patterns on top of it yeah. as well. Yeah, just absolutely bizarre. Yeah, like, like that, that. That's like somebody like in arts and crafts class who makes like something like really bad. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like that's exactly. It was what... like a shitty quilt on top of a picnic table cover. Yeah, like, like I don't none know. of the colors made sense or matched. I don't know who like 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 because like obviously he I don't think he like went to a thrift store and was like oh yeah you know I'm gonna buy that <laughs> you know like 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 what kind of wrestling gear you got here yeah yeah ten ninety nine yeah you know it's a good deal but like uh, yeah like that was somebody made that for him like oh like, for like, sure like did poor Miss Elizabeth just you know like slay like just have, have having to stitch that thing together yeah you know like yeah. so yeah yeah I wanted to look like a picnic table yeah, yeah with yeah. the quilt on it yeah and yeah. make it like pink and black but not like Bret Hart pink yeah yeah and if you can use that uh, sewing machine you got to power with your foot yeah to make it yeah. <laughs> it's gonna look great Elizabeth yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. So let's get to the match. And Macho Man Randy Savage defeats Jake the Snake Roberts in only six minutes, 25 seconds. I mean, quick win. Match starts with Macho Man just attacking Jake from behind, and they're off and running. He's wearing bandages on his arm to sell the snake bites. Um, You know, match, like I said, goes quick. Macho Man gets the upper hand early, but Jake throws him into the ring post a few times, gives him the classic eye poke, which is always great. Um, We had a couple counters from Randy, and then I just have he ultimately hit the elbow drop for a win. I mean, anything else to add for the match? Like, it's truly the post-match stuff here that is the big angle. But the match itself, it was fast. It was The crowd was hot. Really all show, the crowd was very hot. Um, but you know, nothing too, too, like the match was good. Like yeah. I said, but it was only six minutes. So there's not really too much. Yeah. To say. Yeah. It was pretty, t- it started hot. It was pretty tight. Um, you know, like, like tight, not as in like that was tight, but like tight, <laughs> it was in, tight, but tight, yeah, tight as in succinct, you know, yes. um, 
I think, you know, the Macho Man, he, remember he was going to hit Jake the Snake with the bell, and then he came in with that surprise DDT that I thought was kind of... Well, that was afterwards, right? Okay, so are we moving to after? Yeah, yeah okay. so yeah, after yeah, the yeah. match, yeah, like, this, I be, this post-match shit lasts longer than the match by far. And, I mean, again, this is why we're here. This is why we're in Tuesday, in Texas on Tuesday and it's for this. Yeah, he grabs a chair after, ref takes it, then he grabs the ring bell, and he's still kind of fighting with the ref. And then, yeah, yeah. Jake comes in and, boom, hammers him with the DDT. Yeah. Then he hits another DDT. Yeah. Then he starts to walk out. And then he gets this real maniacal look on his face. And he comes back. Um, and he grabs his black bag. But it doesn't look like the bag that normally has the snake in it. Because it's yeah. just not that dense. It's not that big. Um, and then the whole time, the ref is like, you've done enough, Jake. You've done enough, Jake, just oh, yeah. screaming at him. Yeah, and, and like, I think this is the part where it becomes overwrought. Like, like that match was tight. This is just fucking like, like un unraveling. We spent yeah. five-plus five minutes, I swear, on will he, won't he pull out the yeah. snake. Which is which yeah. is which is just so just and, just long and drawn out and over. And there's no way the snake is in that bag. Yeah, either. and it's and, just not big enough. And then and then Miss Elizabeth is shielding the macho man like just <laughs> leading. Yeah, just screaming the whole time, and, and it's just on and on and on and on and on, and it was just it's so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was just so like, funny that it's so over the top melodramatic the whole way with her. But I mean, you know, something is coming, you know, it's like, it's not just going to end like that. And yeah, then he ends up hitting him with another DDT while Elizabeth is out there and she's just screaming, oh no, Jake, you're hurting my man. Yeah. And, th and then Jake doesn't <laughs> stop hurting his, um, the hurting with uh, her man. Well, he, and he puts, he puts a glove on too. You remember he puts that black glove on. on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, go take it away. And he struck and he hits Miss Elizabeth. He hits Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> not 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 the first time a woman is um assaulted by a man uh in this Tuesday in Texas, I will say. You know, because it happens later. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Vince must be fucking proud or something. Like God. Because <laughs> like, yeah, like obviously not something you could do now. But um, he did that. That's what this was obviously all building toward. Uh, and before he hit her, he, like, grabbed her hair, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. you could tell, like, this was very safe, and he didn't actually hammer her. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, He this was clearly in on this, of course. But, yeah, like, at the time, like, nuclear heat there for that. Like, oh, the crowd yeah. is just horrified by yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, just, you know, like, the soap opera of it all, like leading oh, up yeah. to it was just a bit much. Um, <laughs> like and, you said, and, way too dragged out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And people were irate, especially, especially mean Gene in the post-match <laughs> interview there. He was furious. You're a bona fide sicko. Yeah, he did. He, 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 like, 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 I think, I mean, like beyond put that cigarette out and, and bash at the beach. This might've been the third most mad I've ever you might seen. Be right. yeah, yeah, you might be yeah. right. I think you might be right. Yeah. 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 At this um, Tuesday in I, Texas, he was just furious. Yeah. Tensions were running high on this Tuesday. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he said it felt good. It felt good putting my hand across Elizabeth's face. Now I'm getting the Jake a little bit. And, and he begged. And then he said he begged Macho Man to bring her back when they can have another match so he can do it again. Mm -hmm. 
uh, amazing stuff. You got any anything else here before we move on? I mean, like, again, the melodrama and the dragging it out aside, like, this is so ridiculous, so over the top, so, I mean, despite woman hitting, pretty funny. I mean, just as what yeah. this all well, is and what this storyline is. Back in the MFA, absurd. we would talk about, like, like, oh, yeah, what's your favorite kind of, like, garbage do you like to read? You know, yeah. like, like like a TV show you, you watch, uh, you know, that, you know, you maybe won't like, but it's just kind of like, you know, a guilty, a guilty pleasure is another word for it. You know, I, 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 I like to use garbage because it's much more of an objective look at it. Currently, yeah. my, my big garbage that I'm watching is Star Trek Picard. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, which is Star Trek and Zwan Report may need to be in the car. Might have to might have to bring it back. Yeah, as it's been oh. advertised, the, the tournament's been pushing that as hard. The TARP has been pushing that as hard oh, as they've been pushing. I have noticed that. Yeah, that's, yeah. as they have been pushing impra- Impractical Jokers with Eric Andre. Which is truly going to be under the TARP. Sidebar here. On this TNT, is, TBS, and True TV. Just you know. missing CNN. Yeah, yeah. So we may we may have to... Um, TNT, TBS. That's what I couldn't stop thinking about that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so we we may have to to watch that watch that, but yeah, that that that, that that's all I got. It's garbage. Well, continuing yeah, the yeah. sidebar, yeah, yeah, like we yeah, said, I, this I, is I, the I, biggest time of the year for True TV, no yeah. doubt about oh, it. With yeah. the NCAA tournament on and Practical mm. Jokers going crazy, yeah, and AEW's yeah. had a lot of spots too. You know, yeah, like AEW's had their share. Yeah, um, Rampage but, came on right after the tournament. I still haven't even watched it. Yet. I, 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 I actually watched. Well, uh, I was over with my buddy Adams on Friday night. Yeah, and um, we had the game on the main TV, and we just let um, what, what was on TBS just or TNT roll right into yeah. Rampage, and so we yeah. had on too. Yeah, um, I still haven't watched it just because I was watching games yeah. and came home, and then yesterday I was out all day and just haven't yeah. had a chance. But yeah, um, yeah. but uh, I guess to kind of circle the circle back um, to our, to our um, main point here. Uh, you know, like this was the, it, I, I enjoyed this. Like I enjoy garbage, you know, like the, like, like Oh yeah. Like, like garbage. So this was, you know, g- garbage fun. You yeah. It was bad. The whole but, show is kind of like, yeah, it, it was <laughs> we're just bad. being honest. It was bad, but I was entertained, you know, yes. partially by its badness. Yep. And speaking of badness, the next uh-huh. match is the British Bulldog defeating the Warlord in 12 minutes, 45 seconds. Again, like the opener, this one could have been cut in half. I mean, British Bulldog was a great wrestler. Warlord was not. He was yeah, just yeah. big. He kind of looks like oversized Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's kind of what I yeah. always thought he looked like, just with the bald head and the goatee. Mm-hmm. But again, two just monsters here. Um, and again, they did their best. Like it wasn't horrible, but you had the long, like the full Nelson where he kind of had a hole, like that's his submission move. And he had a minute for what felt like five minutes and then nothing happened. Um, Bulldog's move is the running power slam. He tried it multiple times, but warlords too big. And he ends up pinning him with the crucifix, which was a cool finish. You know, it was different. Um, but just a basic match that went too long and wasn't that exciting. Yeah, you know, I wrote here uh, double steroids. You know, (laughs) you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, a a lot of holds, just a very sort of slow paced match. Um, You know, the British Bulldog is someone that people revere. He's on that Mount Rushmore of never winning a world title. I think I mentioned another wrestler that I feel like I'm unfamiliar with that I think getting familiar with would be interesting because it seems like a lot of people, you know, by virtue of being on that Mount Rushmore you know, is a good wrestler, but I've never really seen him in a very British Bulldog centric match. 
Yeah. Uh, so like. he was a very like he was part of a tag team called the British Bulldogs with Dynamite Kid, who was revered as like one of the best wrestlers of the 80s. Like he was in New Japan a lot, but he just had deteriorating back issues yeah. and he passed away early as well. Oh, but no. Bulldog, even on his singles run, like he he had some amazing matches like Bret Hart at SummerSlam 92, Bret Hart again in 95 for the title. I mean, sensing a theme here, Bret Hart can get the best out of anyone. But then also he had a nice fun tag team run with Owen Hart, like in the late Attitude Era. So we can find, I mean, the Bret Hart SummerSlam 92 is definitely his best match, but I'm always down, I'm down for a bulldog, if you recall, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, right here, you're not, you're certainly not seeing the best of him. That's for sure. Nope. But um, let's, okay, now we we get back to our boy, the Macho Man, yeah. And I wrote down the disheveled Macho Man promo because he is all out of sorts. Oh, he, he, he's indiscernible. Like, I, he's I punching himself in the face. Yeah, yeah, doesn't he, he like fall on the ground and like writhe yeah. a little bit? Yeah, <laughs> he see, shoves like Sean Mooney a couple times. See, like get out of here, yeah. Yeah, see, this is another example of like you know, like that that the uh, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels thing. Like that is like how many years from you know that if this was 1991, I guess, and very end of 91. Yeah, and, and, and WrestleMania 10 is it was like mo- late March of. Uh, 94 so like just over two years yeah 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 so and so so like for for that to be like not that far apart it just blows my mind because like that like him writhing on the ground like that is just (laughs) it's like a kid throwing a temper tantrum like like but it's something like 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 to go back to what we said in royal rumble 92 and this is something that i believe i have a note about this later this product is so geared for kids you know because that looks like how a kid would like get responded to being grounded or being told to like go to their room you know. When one thing I wrote that he kept saying yeah. was just, I'm, I'm going to get you. Yeah, I'm going to get you. Yeah, Jake, I'm going to get you. Yeah. But yeah, he was <laughs> punching himself in the face multiple times. Yeah, I just wrote disheveled. Like, again, you could unintelligible at times. Like, what yeah. the fuck was he even saying? Which, which, but, like, which, like, which I guess he sold, like, just kind of being completely out of his mind. But yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it kind it, of it, worked, yeah, but, but it, just it, insane. Yeah, it was. Like I said, it's like a kid throwing a temper, t- you know, like like a kid getting like a publicly mad at a, like a Walmart. When you're yeah, when with his mom. mom's like, oh yeah, you, you can't buy, you can't have that toy, and throwing. And a fit. Sean Mooney here is unfortunately having to play his mom, yeah, trying to, to keep him in line. <laughs> he shoves him, I think, a couple of times, and yeah. then at the end, he's like, "Get out of here, yeah." <laughs> See, like that, that that that's a power fantasy for a kid, you know. Yeah. Like, have, have you ever heard that term before? Like, no. like, like, so Superman is is like a power fantasy. It was like something that was made for kids to be like, like, what if you could be super strong and mm-hmm. you could fly? You know, like, you know, and it go, and it sort of really connects back to a, you can't make me go to bed at nine thirty. You know, like, you know, if I had the power of Superman, you know, yeah, like yeah. Macho Man's kind of playing to a kid's sort of like power fantasy. There, that's a you great, know? great yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Especially with him dismissing what was his name? Not I want to call Sean, him Chris, Sean, Sean him, Mooney. I almost called him Chris Mooney, who's the basketball coach at Richmond. Ah, you know, yes, yeah, the Spiders. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, they were in the yeah, tournament. They got, yeah, they won the other day, but they got smoked last night. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. They, Providence, Providence, Ed Cooley. Yep, Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley got it, the best of him. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
man, man, cool, yeah. yeah. Cool, yeah, Big East. <laughs> yeah. You'll be a J. Ryers, yeah. Yeah, yeah J. Right, yeah. I'm going to get you J. Oh, oh shit. Too much and fun. Get too much fun. We get to our next match in which our boy, the Repo Man, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, with your girl, Sensational Sherry, defeat the El Matador, Tito Santana, and Virgil in 11 minutes, 28 seconds. So, I guess you want to just jump ahead and get to our second uh, assault on a oh. woman? Well, well, he, <laughs> That's he, such he, a he, horrible he, thing to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heenan called it, um, did call Vir- um, El Matador Mr. Guacamole Dip. So, you know, Vince <laughs> loves his nationalities, man. He, he really does. Honestly, and I do want to say, like, this might have been, like, one of the better matches like, match of like, the night um, for yeah, sure yeah for yeah. sure match of the night yeah. i was gonna say that definitely yeah like the one like from a wrestling perspective like was actually like i thought a, a pretty decent, decent very match. just good old school it, it, heel versus it, face tag match yeah and was there any like build up for like these characters or was it just like a you know like so they mentioned match? it in the commentators mentioned it uh i guess dibiase had hired the repo man okay. to get the million dollar championship back from virgil so oh, i think virgil yeah. virgil won it off dibiase might have been wrestlemania 7 but that was several months prior but they may have flip-flopped around but you know that belt was dibiase's virgil was like his bodyguard for the longest time but after he put up with so much shit, finally turned on him. He wins the yeah. million dollar championship. So yeah, as we've talked, Repo Man's gimmick was to take. I want to take things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he hired him to do that, and that. So that was at least the okay. onus of them being together. Okay. I don't know why Virgil and the Guacamole Dip are together specifically, but they're just two baby faces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Repo Man, even right off the bat, they're coming out and he's sneaking down to the ring, which I just love. Like the guy played that character so well. Yeah. And even like in the course of the match, he's like doing his sneaking bit. And I remember Gorilla Monsoon's like, why does he have to be sneaking around out there? So- <laughs> uh but yeah you said it like this was a solid match the crowd was hot again they got really hot for Virgil DiBiase facing off at the end because that's what everyone wanted to see um and then sensational Sherry makes her presence known on the apron and uh we get crazy yeah Virgil like puts her in like a headlock or something like that well, first she like, grabs her, her heel off, which was like her thing. She would take her high heel off and hit people with it. Yeah, yeah. But she tried to hit Virgil. He ducked. She hits the million dollar man. And then, yeah, she like Virgil like grabs her and puts her in a headlock. He doesn't strike her, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. But he definitely puts her in a headlock and she like falls to the ground. Yeah. And then very quickly, like right after she falls, then you have Repo Man from out of nowhere coming in and hitting him with like a running knee. And that's it. (laughs) The finish was definitely a little strange. It's like they probably could have done a better move than that. Yeah. But I'm never going to complain for our boy Repo Man. Oh, no. He hit him with the running knee, and then DiBiase made the cover on Virgil for three. But, yeah, again, just a solid, good back-and-forth tag match where the heels were in control a lot, but the crowd was hot for the faces. And yeah, interesting finish here involving a woman again, and uh, the heels get the victory, and there's much rejoicing. Yeah. Yes. Um, yep. 
<laughs> Anything to add before we swing into the hilarious not, main event? Not particularly, though. I'm glad the the um, assaulting on women is, is over, at least with this yeah, event. Yeah, that with... portion of the program is now complete. See, and like I'm, think... I, I'm surprised they don't have to add like a disclaimer on it, like you know, hey, especially you're... these <laughs> days. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but um, we do get a a, a promo where we hear Mean Gene utter the words this Tuesday in Texas. Oh you know, yeah, which was like a, a not you know we finally have arrived you know when yes. when Mean Gene says this Tuesday in Texas interviewing Hogan in front of the hilarious logo. Oh yeah, well let me tell you something, Mean Gene. We get our classic there, and he does his you know the little hulksters are supporting me, and you got to say your prayers, eat your vitamins, do the training, and at this Tuesday in Texas, the title will be right back around my waist classic yeah, and, hogan oh yeah and, and like to go back like like tiny the tiny hulkamaniacs this is this is a product meant to appeal to kids yep like, like if that's what he's saying a thousand percent and he would always do that you know like that was his thing around this time so yeah, yeah and i mean he was clearly the biggest baby face in the company even though he did a lot of heel things but yeah he's fucking the hulkster so uh in our main event the hulkster hulk hogan defeats the undertaker with Paul Bear in 13 minutes, nine seconds to reclaim the WWF championship, which was then vacated shortly thereafter because when, uh, when Taker wanted it, Survivor Series, Flair interfered. Flair interferes here, and there was just a bunch of shit that went on. So I think I looked it up. Jack Tunney just vacated the belt, like, in the wake of this match. Because Undertaker actually, like, kicked out at the very end, too. So I yeah, think I was, saw that. I, I saw that. Like I, That I was, like, was really part of it. That was a three yes. count? Yeah. I was so really I think surprised. there was just yeah. so much shit surrounding, like, this rivalry in the belt that that's why he vacated it and eventually put it up on the line in Rumble 92. Actually, that's kind of a smart move you know yeah like, like and it made for wise. the best royal rumble yeah. in history yeah you know? yeah yeah like, for, for 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 a time that's marked by like silliness you know yeah. that's that narratively in in booking wise it seems like a pretty pretty smart move there to be honest yeah and something that's rarely yeah. done where it's like okay you you screwed hogan to win the title and then i kicked out at three here and it's like okay well nothing really seems fair here so let's just fucking vacate the title so and then obviously we had flair I think I mentioned to you, Rick Flair, uh, he was known as the real world's champ because he came over from WCW with the belt oh, as well. And, and, so and that th- was part of it. And throughout the match, he's, it, Heenan says, the real world yeah. heavyweight. <laughs> he, he's, he says it just like he says it and put that cigarette out. Like I yep. had so many flashbacks to that. You absolutely know, like so expecting yep. that we're not the type of guys to say we told you so, you know, like yep. so he's, that to he's about a month and a half from making world. Yeah, yeah. From a- you have made world. Oh boy. <laughs> um, um, one. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Um. One thing about Jack Tunney, I guess now that we're on the subject of him, like, yeah. so they brought they bring him out just to sit there, you yeah. know, to to, to yeah. make sure no one interferes. And like the shot they do is just of the back of him just sitting there by himself yep. in a chair, and it seems so unthreatening to me. Like, how's he going to sure. stop anyone coming yeah, in? Yeah, what's and, he going to do? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how they rectified that in the Attitude Era with Vince, you know, beyond Vince just being just more of a electrifying, uh, dynamic character, was that there were enforcers. Like, yes. Jack Tunney had no enforcers. You're there. right. Yeah, he was no big boss man, himself. no Sergeant Slaughter, no yeah. Patterson, no Briscoe. Yeah. Yeah, this like, is an like, old like, man. Oh, yeah, and you would think that there would be, like, people, like, like if not, like, faceless WWE security 
or something like Correct. that during it. But no, he was just sitting there. And yep. I was just, I thought that seemed just so like, like I get why Vince, like that was, you know, very obvious to me why Vince works better. And it's not just in how Vince acts, you know, yep. just without the enforcers, he just, it was just like, there's this old man sitting in a chair. Like he, well, that's he why might, I said Tony was merely like a puppet. Yeah, he was <laughs> at the end of the day, but yeah, it well, was well, tight. You know, he yeah. signified this era of wrestling for yeah. sure. But yeah, truly, like I would assume he probably had some legit role like with yeah. the company beyond just this character, I would assume, but I oh, yeah. just don't know that. But yeah. yeah, hilarious stuff. And then again, let's just jump to it. So Flair does end up coming out, obviously. And, <laughs> and then Jack Tunney was completely worthless. Jack Tunney yeah. gets well, up and tries yeah. to stop him and they like both fall over, you know, or something like that. Or how did yeah, I think oh, yeah. Hogan like hammered hammered Flair with a chair. And did he like fall on top of Tony? Oh, Something yeah, he happened. Yeah, he, he was like laying on top of Tony. Top yeah. Of Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he just got hit with the chair and like bumped into him and was just like laying on top of him. Yeah. Oh, just hilarious. And then Flair comes back on the apron with the chair. And then um Hogan, I think, clotheslines Flair. He falls off. Um, he gets the big boot on Undertaker, but he gets up immediately. And then Paul Bearer accidentally hits the Undertaker with the urn. So, yeah, just a lot of outside interference here. Um, and then I think Hogan just punches him and rolls him up for the three count, but then he kicks out. So, yeah, just a bunch of madness going on down the stretch here. Flair, Jack Tunney, Paul Bear, all getting involved. Uh, he gets the rare, weird roll up for the kind of three count, and he walks out with the belt. And then, like we said, it gets vacated. But you know, this match kind of stunk too, just as a match. Um, yeah. There was like, I feel like Undertaker had him in a chokehold for like two minutes, like three minutes. Just again, similar to that Warlord um, uh, British Bulldog match. There was just a couple holds that just went on way too long. But I did like the beginning, how they established Undertaker, because again, he's still very new to this. Oh company. yeah, his 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 intro, like like with the hat and stuff, especially, that, and then just in the course of the match, like every hit that he would take, he would just no sell and get yeah. back up, and that was kind of his thing, was that he was impervious to pain. So you know, they kind of built that up, which was and, good, and but... I also like how the Undertaker looks, like like in this era of wrestling where everything else is so colorful. Like yep. he like stands out and in the attitude era, he kind of like blends in with the aesthetic a little more. Um, and, and I kind of, I don't know, for some reason he like popped a little bit more for me, you know, not, not that he was like bad or anything during the attitude era. He's great, but, but I kind of just like how he stood out in this era. I could definitely see that. And again, yeah, just looked completely different. He was huge. Um, he had the gimmick, you know, best he, gimmick he, of all his, time. His, truly. his skin was like a lot, like he didn't have that, like, bronze spray tan that like just nearly as not nearly as much tattoos because he got a lot more tattoos later yeah. on as well yeah so he just had like the gloves here yeah but yeah you know the match was pretty sloppy like i remember hogan like clotheslining him over at one point it just felt like it was done in slow motion uh, um, yeah, but again this oh go ahead yeah, what else was sloppy and this is turns it back a little bit whenever before the match they were showing um, when The Undertaker uh, won, what was it, at SummerSlam? Uh, Survivor Series. Sur Survivor Series, sorry. And so um, he had given him, like, Ric Flair brought out a chair. Ric Flair brought out a chair. Rick yeah. And, and, and The Undertaker did a tombstone onto the chair to beat Hogan. Uh -huh. And it looked so bad. 
Oh, like, yeah. that was the finishing move. Like, <laughs> like, like, you, like, I don't think Hogan's head even touched the chair. Yeah, his knees hit like way yeah. before. Oh, yeah. And if that was any indication, like the same shit was going on in this match, you know? Yeah. 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 It was, it, again, like the Macho Man and, um, Jake match like is more of an angle, you know, than a match. Obviously, this match went longer, but there was just so much outside shit in like interfering in it. But it was a plot match. Fall oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our show. Uh, T tit. Um, you know, bad wrestling show for the most part, but just insane. Like I remember when we were we had a few beers the first night we were watching it, and we're just, just oh my god, this show is insane. So like. Very entertaining, but bad wrestling show. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, not something I'm probably going to go back to anytime soon. But for anyone out there who's never seen it, it's only an hour and a half long, too. So it's definitely worth a watch if you're just looking for, as our buddy Azar calls, a palate cleanser. You know, if you're watching a lot of good wrestling, sometimes it's fun to mix in some shitty stuff. And Yeah, uh, you know, it's just... I, can, I highly recommend this show if you're just looking to kind of turn the brain off and watch some old school wrestling. Yep, it's it's just some good old fashioned garbage. Garbage day. Well, well, well. March Madness is in full swing, and we know St. Peter's has already busted up a bunch of brackets, including beating uh, our arch rivals of the University of Kentucky, which we loved. Yeah. So as yeah. we know, not everyone can have the perfect bracket, but you can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsors of our show, Manscaped. As you know, they're the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, and they have just launched their ultra-premium collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After you're sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head-to-toe with this all-in-one skin and hair care kit to have your body and your balls smelling Final Four fresh. Join the 4 million men worldwide worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BBB for 20% off and free shipping. I guarantee you this is a Cinderella story you're not going to want to miss. Boma, tell us about the Ultra Premium Collection. Yes, sir. When the clock winds down in March, be clutch, unlike our friend John and his program, (laughs) and avoid the upset with the Manscaped Ultra Premium Collection to keep everything under control. First off, we have Manscaped Premium Deodorant. No, this isn't deodorant for your balls. It's for your stanky-ass armpits. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, I've been using this deodorant a good bit. You know, I um, actually have sensitive armpits. Some deodorants make me break out, so I have to be very particular. This doesn't do that. This Heck leaves yeah. me smelling wonderful. I just get a few scrubs on in the morning. Lasts all day long, morning to night. Nobody has told me I stunk mm. physically in an entire month. So I can say, <laughs> hey, this is some good stuff. Um, we also have um, Manscapes two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, cleaning and revitalizing uh, to clean your scalp with just easy one step. I can't wait to start using this. Yeah, you yeah. just got these products, yes, right? I did. So yes. other than the deodorant, I know we'll be using these this upcoming week. So yep. Uh, yeah, yep. yep. And we also have their body wash uh, to lather you up with the infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two things that Woo. I love. We also have the hydrating body moisturizer. Have tattoos or issues with dry skin? I don't have tattoos, but I do have issues with dry skin, particularly on my <laughs> eyes. It's really weird. Um, <clears throat> my eyelids, not on my eyes, but it's designed to keep skin feeling smooth, clean, and smelling fresh. Speaking of fresh, we got a little gift here from them: the lip balm. 
um, that's made with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil. You know, Manscaped um, uses a lot of excellent ingredients. I believe all their products are vegan and gluten-free. Mm. Um, well, so hey, which, one more time, why don't you tell the people out there how they can take advantage of our offer? And you should, because this stuff's really cool. Um, get 20% off and free shipping with code BBB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BBB. Make sure you call on Manscaped this tournament season, unlike John, who didn't call a timeout at the end of regulation, <laughs> or your bracket won't be the only thing that's busted. And as you know, your balls will thank you. AEW Dynamite on 316 day, Wednesday, March 16th, as we mentioned already earlier, from the Joe and Harry Freeman Coliseum. Home of T-Tit. Home of T-Tit, the wonderful this Tuesday in Texas. Um, I thought this was another pretty solid show, a slight step down over the past couple of weeks, but a lot of good stuff in this capped off by my favorite part of the show which was the jericho appreciation society first promo or as we like to call them jazz no did they jazz. not did they not call it jazz i don't in, think in the they actually referred to it did they i don't remember the jas yeah but not jazz i don't think i don't think they call it jazz like somebody has to call it jazz like like the faces that go against them yeah yeah but we're certainly going to call it jazz um so again this happened last week where they kind of they formed this group they turned on eddie kingston and santana and ortiz so this is kind of this the jazz is coming out party and i was just so impressed with everything just from when they were coming out uh matt lee who's now going to go by his real name of matt menard and jeff parker going to go by his real name of angelo parker formerly 2.0 I, first off i love that uh but matt lee i guess i'll still call him here like you know how much i love these guys and just once he got the microphone right off the bat it, he just had me so entertained just his facial expressions always like Yo, you guys like singing that song, huh? Huh? Well, you know, the only reason you're singing is because of this man right here, huh? Oh, yeah. it's just so good. They, they did, they like, you know, like they had a what I think is a pretty difficult job to like sell Jericho as a heel now because like the handshake thing, like kind of, you know, sure was he, but like, you know, with this promo or with this spot where it was just them, like nobody yep. from the outside came in to fuck with them. You know, it was just them having to sell themselves as heels. They did a really good job, you you know, and I think it was a pretty hard task to do that because everybody loves singing that song, you know, like, like Jericho's kind of getting, you know, in his later years and getting older, like any sort of like big win for him, people are just going to like to see because how many more Chris Jericho matches are you going to get to see, you know? So like, you know, it's got, it's going to be a difficult task, you know, to really turn him heel. But I think this was a strong start. No doubt about it. And we'll get to it here in a sec in terms of the thing that really got a lot of heat. But I loved that right out of the gate, he said something about, I don't remember the number, but how long the earth has been around and just how lucky we are to be witnessing the time of Chris Jericho. I just thought that was so funny. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, this guy is better as a heel and always has been. And he looks great. I mean, he's clearly lost a lot of weight. He's got cuts. He's got abs. He had that sweet purple jacket yeah i like the color change away from the inner circle like prison garb stuff yeah it just proves that jericho time and time again is the best ever at reinventing himself and here he has done it yet again like like, 
Uh, so like Poppy's. Remember when we watched um, that Dynamite with Poppy? And he said he like knows every trick in the book, like heel trick yes, in the book. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Reminded me of that. Um, and he comes out and starts talking about how he carried the company earlier on, and there wouldn't be an AEW without him, and that people don't appreciate him, and the inner circle didn't appreciate him, and Sammy walked out on him, and Santana and Ortiz walked out on him, and Eddie Kingston embarrassed him. Um but that none of those men appreciate him, but these men do, the Jericho Appreciation Society. And then this is when it started getting real good. He said that they're not like the rest of the roster because the rest of the roster is nothing more than a pro wrestler. Jericho says a pro wrestler has never been legendary or a millionaire. And as a legendary millionaire, Jericho is not a pro wrestler, but he is a sports entertainer, which is just a direct shot at WWE because that's what they call it. It's sports entertainment, and they don't use the term wrestler or wrestling much. It's sports entertainment. So the moment he said that, immediate heat, because this crowd obviously loves AEW, and you know most people probably don't hate WWE, but probably aren't that big of fans. So when you use that term, that's just directly oh, 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 kind of shitting oh, on the fans oh, right oh, there. Oh, 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 that, and, and kind of like, you know, sort of reinvigorates those, like, that tribalism that you see on Twitter a lot of, like, WWE versus AE, you know, like, that that lack of an ability to coexist. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's no reason why they can't, especially in the day, this day and age of streaming and, and DVRing and being able to watch something whenever the fuck you want. Yep. You know, like, it's, uh, you know, for, for, for him to, like, do that, yeah, it is meaningful. And then he made sure that he's like, I'll say it again. I am a sports entertainer, just really driving it home. And then it got even better when Daniel Garcia got the microphone because he's such a young, great wrestler. And like, he's such a great technical wrestler, which is what he's hung his hat on for so long. So when he gets the mic and he says, my name is Daniel Garcia and I am a sports entertainer. Again, the crowd is going to go ballistic because this guy is, the complete opposite of a WWE guy and of a sports entertainer. So just, again, the heel heat here is just so good. And I was watching this with Lee, actually, who has, I think it's the first time he's ever watched Dynamite with me. And I'm like, dude, if you just got this right now, it's, I was just losing. I'm like, this is gold. Like, this is how you get hated that quickly. And with this new group and someone like Garcia doing it just worked so perfectly. And then Jericho told the story, which is real, about how in January of 2019, a bunch of independent wrestlers got in a car accident and Jericho donated thousands of dollars yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And Garcia, like, yeah, that was a real thing that happened. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff he was talking about was real. Well, well and, 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 and like what was interesting about this promo is like a lot of the things he said were true. Like, yeah, you love singing exactly. that song. Yeah, you're lucky to, like, be able to watch him wrestle. Like, all of these exactly. things are things that I imagine people in the crowd would agree with, which, like, this, which makes the sports, it gives the sports entertainer line a lot more weight. Because I think yep. the rest of it, like, could also be construed as, like, face stuff or pandering to the crowd or telling the crowd what they want to hear or what they are thinking. But the sports mm -hmm. entertainment thing is sort of the linchpin. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. Because they that, don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he mentions that his good friend, Kevin, which was a Kevin Owens reference, uh, contacted or was friends with 2.0 and basically contacted him to see if he could help. Had them on his podcast, which I listened to. It was awesome. And he, he legitimately did help get them jobs in AEW. So, again, that's real. 
Um, same thing with Hager. He says he was my ride or die. He's had his back since 2010. I don't know. He says he saved my life in Dubai. I'm not exactly sure what had happened there, but uh, again, probably something. And then that he's his closest confidant and he is the hand of the king. And then Hager said, we are the JAS and we beat up pro wrestling. (laughs) All I could think of is championships. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if his act if his acting range is you know a centimeter big, or um or centimeter long, or if you know he's just that good at playing the an absolute knucklehead. Yeah, that, I think it's a little had. bit of both, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's never been the best promo guy, but yeah, oh, like, I think like, he's kind of leaned into that now. Yeah, yeah, being just just the, just the knucklehead and bad at that, and, and it'll work better as a heel too. You know, yeah. get, getting getting people to laugh at that. Yeah. And then he, Jericho closed it saying he wants us to remember this date because this is the era of sports entertainment. And then he says, this is the Jericho Appreciation Society and that's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I loved this so much. I thought this was so good. I mean, as I said, I'm a big 2.0 mark. So to get to see them like in the spotlight, Garcia is obviously amazing. And Hager just works as the big bodyguard guy. So it's very similar to the inner circle you've got your tag team 2.0 kind of taking the santana and ortiz role you've got your young up-and-coming star garcia like sammy Guevara, and hager obviously still hager so i love this it's you know where we were kind of getting a little sour on jericho he just completely flipped it he's coming off one of his best matches in aew with kingston he looks great and now he's got this new group it's definitely going to make Garcia, let's call them their real names, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker, bigger stars. Just yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Just like over. it did with the inner circle. Excited to see who they go up against. You know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It's it, like, you know, definitely, you know, like, like I've been saying, Jericho's been sort of C-story material. Inner circle has been C-story material for a while <laughs> so, since they stopped feuding with MJF. And now they're, now they're back at that B level where I think they kind of belong. And I think they'll start to feud with, Santana and Ortiz and sure. Kingston. Yeah. I think Sammy's like out of this now. He's got his own shit with Ty and Scorpio and all that dumb bullshit. So I think Sammy will kind of not be a part of this. But Santana Ortiz for sure, Kingston for sure. I mean, gotta imagine that this is the first feud. And then I did see someone speculating on Double or Nothing if they do go with a Stadium Stampede three because they've done that at the last two that it would be Jazz versus. Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, Darby, and Sting, which would yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I would guess it'll probably happen, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see if they go back to Stadium Stampede. I mean, as we talked, last year's was nowhere near as good as the first one, but it was yeah. still fun, and we got yeah. the Jericho moment with Urban Meyer. Holy shit. Yeah. And it certainly had its moments, but it just wasn't as compelling as the first one. But I'd certainly be interested in that. I mean, it would be Jericho would be a part of all three of them. I know it was a lot of his idea, so – We'll see. We're, you know, I wouldn't say we're officially on the road to double or nothing yet. I mean, we're still over two months away, but there's going to definitely be some stories that are kind of built and completed before then that are kind of building. So, yeah, I mean, I just love all this and just excited to see these new guys getting a bigger spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we'll just kind of quickly breeze through the rest yeah. of the show. I mean, I, we don't need to get into too much detail. We've been having a ball here, but loved the opener with uh, Cole and Red Dragon beating Hangman and Lucha. <laughs> God damn it, Jurassic Express. Uh, just classic there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, like, these were the losses that Kenny Omega was kind of taking in these like big tag team matches early in his title reign. And it mm-hmm. makes sense to see Paige taking, you know, these like three on three losses. Like, you know, like I kind of saw that sort of, um, you know, sort of comparative thing happen or notice that. Yeah. Jungle Boy took the pin, which was interesting. Cole yeah. got the boom. Um, I loved the spot where. Jurassic Express and Hangman, all three did the moon salts at the same yeah, time. Like, yeah, that yeah. was fucking yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. That was like definitely like maybe the high point of the show. I mean, you know, out, it like, was re- awesome wrestling yeah. wise, even, you know, despite what went on in Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, you know, that yeah. like spot wise, you know, whoo. I actually like this match. This was my favorite match of the night. I agree. Um, we'll get, I, I, we'll I, get I, to I, the main I event, I which I, I did I like. It's getting I, a lot of criticism, but I did like it. But this, like we talked about of old, like this was your classic hot, fast-paced dynamite opener, which we used to talk about were like traditional tag matches, but they do it with these six mans as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you put these six guys together, it's just going to come out a three and four, three, seven, five, four star plus match. Like these guys, they're just so good. All of these guys. And I just loved it. I thought it was just a ton of fun. Um but yeah, and then you mentioned earlier about how it does kind of seem like they are setting up maybe a rematch between Hangman and Cole, which, again, I'm for, but he did beat him. And, yeah. you know, I know Cole said it was a fluke, but it'll be interesting to see how they get back to that. I mean, could it be like Hangman's pride? Like if if he steeps, if Cole still keeps talking shit, it's like, I already beat you, motherfucker. So now you just need me to shut you up. So It'll be interesting to see yeah. how that goes. And, you know, I've talked at length about how I thought Adam Cole would be the one to beat Hangman, but just not this early. But, you know, I would think if they do this, it's not going to be a double or nothing. It'll be a dynamite match before yeah. that. So, I mean, who knows? Hangman's title reign is, you know, it's now at a point where I think he can lose it at any time. Yeah. Um now that he's gotten some big defenses, he has defended it on pay-per-view successfully now. Um, and yeah, if Cole does challenge and lose again, you know, that just puts him in not the best spot where some fans, some old NXT fans are already complaining about how he's not pushed well enough and not used well enough, which that's bullshit to me. But if he does lose twice in a row, that would certainly be an interesting spot to put him in. Yeah. Cause it still seems like he's probably going to be feuding with Kenny at some point. In the young bucks. Yeah. Back. For sure. so, yeah. But yeah, anything else to add on this one from you? No, not, nothing from that. You know, it'll be interesting to see whether they angle him towards hangman or a young bucks feud in the next few weeks. Yeah. Cause something's going to happen with hangman and the young bucks as well at yeah. some point. Cause like, Cole was originally talking about how it would be him in the Bucks against Hangman and whomever he picked, but they're like, we don't want anything to do with Hangman. So yeah. something's going to be simmering with that, and I think it's going to be tight. I miss. Um, there was a Keith Lee promo with Starks and Hobbs that was pretty good, but we, you know, nothing, nothing to write home about. Then the next, oh, there was the the clip of Chris Statlander wiping the paint off. Yeah, apparently face. they're going away from the alien gimmick, which and I, think I is know smart. she. 
Yeah, and I know she came out at Rampage. Again, I didn't see it, but saw some clips, and she had she had dyed her hair black with like a blue streak. And I'm very intrigued. I love Chris Statlander and I, you know, a character like the alien thing had definitely run its course. So yeah, I don't know if she'll be turning heel because the best friends are definitely a face group, but I'm certainly intrigued. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, a fun tag team match. Um, the second consecutive week we've seen Moxley and Danielson this time against a little bit more serious opponents of Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. Um, I'm kind of getting a kick out of how many people are ringside for these best friends matches. Like you got just Dan Housen down there. Yeah. Orange, you got orange. His, like in a sling, you know, you got yeah. Trent. I mean, uh, conspicuous by her absence was Statlander. So I'm wondering if maybe she will be distancing herself from this group. That'll yeah. be something to keep an eye on. Um, and you know, Dan Housen is clearly just comic relief and orange is hurt. So it's good to just still have him out there, but it's just, it feels a little cluttered sometimes, but anyway, that's, well, then, besides, and then that's you have, and then besides Mike, the point. And then you have Michael Adams out there too, which like, yeah. obviously like is sort of what's really driving this whole thing. Yes. Michael um, Adams, AKA William Regal. Yeah. Um, you know, this was definitely a better match than the one last week when they fought the jobbers. Um, it got time. It got like 12 minutes. Um, you know, it's just so cool seeing Mox and Danielson work together. It's awesome. Uh, having Regal is awesome. But the real story of this was Wheeler Yuta and Wheeler Yuta looking tough and taking these strikes and asking for him like it's a new Japan match. Like he's just he's hulking up and he's getting slapped and shot and like it was awesome. And he ends up tapping out to Moxley's choke. And then after the match, you know, all the best friends are walking up and he comes back down to the ring and he gets in Michael Adams face and Michael Adams fucking slaps the shit out of him, just like he did to Mox and Danielson at Revolution. And then he like and that was right back around too. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, like yeah. this was definitely the best Wheeler Yuta's looked from a character perspective mm-hmm. for sure. And I say it every week, anytime he's in the ring. You know, it's usually shorter matches, but I'm always impressed. And he was one of the names that Danielson mentioned months ago when they first started teasing this group. He had mentioned Daniel Garcia, who's clearly now with Jericho. They mentioned Wheeler Yuta and Lee Moriarty as like these young guys that they could kind of take under their wing. So clearly this stable is going to be growing. And I love every bit of it. And I love that Regal is there at the helm. And, you know, I don't I would say this is probably official or close to I'm sure next week we'll get a fallout from this, but seems like Wheeler Yuta will be their first recruit. And I fucking love it. Yeah, no, this is going to be a fun stable run by Michael Adams for sure. <laughs> yep. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, another FTR promo and the young bucks showed up and I only want, I wanted to bring this up for two reasons. One, definitely really, really want to see that match again. We saw it at full gear 2020, it's the only time we've seen it, but um, there was a slight uh, Bret Hart reference here. I think mm-hmm. it was Matt Jackson said that no matter what they do, no matter if they hire the best there is, they're always going to be the second best tag team in mm-hmm. AEW. So Ooh. Bret Hart was the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. So that was like a a slight hint that maybe Bret Hart could come in and manage FTR again. Maybe they're just fucking with the fans, but I mean, that would would, be gigantic. 
Yeah, Dax Harwood is like the biggest Bret Hart guy. Like he's yeah. always posting about him, tweeting about him. I think they both are, but you know, it's just uh, intriguing that hey, maybe he because he you don't know this, but he I can't remember if it was All Out or if it was Double or Nothing the first one, but Bret Hart was on the show presenting wow. the first AEW title. Like he oh, was wow. the one who showed the first title, so he has been on AEW before um so you know we'll see it could well, and there's the, and the owen hart cup is is that still is, occurring right you're right yeah. yeah that i believe should be starting soon yeah good point because that's going to be something that'll be yeah. happening from now till double or nothing yeah it, i think uh, the ooh. finals of each because they're doing a men and yeah. a women so the finals i believe are supposed to happen at double or nothing so wow. good call on that that's going to be something to it, watch it, for when if or when bret hart shows up like five times bigger than Sting. When you if think, he's a part, if, well, I wouldn't go that far because I don't think five think times he, bigger. But I, I think I it would definitely think would be a bigger would be, deal. I don't think he would be wrestling. Um, right. So again, Sting has outperformed any expectations. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. On him. Yeah, yeah. But it would definitely be a huge deal, no doubt. Yeah. Especially if he was coming on TV consistently and not just like a one-off thing. But like yeah. Sting has. Sting has just been unbelievable. I mean, I but yeah, it would oh, be yeah. and then we got a dumb promo from the acclaimed <laughs> talking about Keith Lee, and then Starks and Hobbs were there, and then Swerve showed up, and again, just okay stuff, whatever. I know that built towards rampage, which I still haven't seen. Then we had the jazz stuff, which we've already talked about. There was a video showing the Serena D. Bushida feud, which you know I love, so I'm sure they'll be having another match coming up. Then we had uh, Scorpio Sky and Wardlow, which mm-hmm. intriguing stuff here. You know, I didn't think Wardlow was going to win because, again, with MJF not on the show last week, you had to think he was going to be a part of this, and he yeah. clearly was. Um, you know, at what it, I know Spears had came out first with the chairs and then MJF like came out of nowhere and like threw him up against the post and then Scorpio rolled him up for the win. So, you know, the match itself was fine. I, there was a lot of interference from Lambert and Paige yeah. Van Zant and her husband. I know they kissed at one point and then there was like a fight between the, like, you know, it was kind of, it was a shit show to a degree, but it kind of needed to be for for this for Wardlow to lose and I'm happy that Scorpio Sky didn't just drop it one week after winning it I like oh. that oh yeah and he, he's a good wrestler he has I mean he has he's I guess his record has been really padded by like dark and elevation matches correct yeah. but um you know I'm glad he didn't do, he, he didn't win and Wardlow needs time to develop his character on his own you know I agree like he he doesn't need this belt to put him over and like you know make his character develop fast track like that you know he needs time to like be alone you know who's he gonna you know ally with you know like like he needs time to kind of you know come into his own as a character and not just immediately win a title and then just be like on top of the world and you know good point and i think we all knew and we've talked about this is building towards wardlow and mjf probably at double or nothing and I just felt like that feud, that match doesn't need the TNT title. Like no. Scorpio Sky could take it and run with it and do his thing with it. Yeah. But it's just not neat. This feud is already going to be amazing and has been building for three years, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the call here. Uh, and then after the match, uh, Paige's husband, Austin Vanderford, went in and he was hammering on Wardlow. 
Um, Wardlow was fighting off Sean Spears and all of them, and he wanted to powerbomb MJF, but then Spears hit him with the chair, and then Vanderford choked him out, and then um, MJF gave Lambert a stack of cash, which I thought was great because that's continuity. He's been paying people off to do his bidding. He did it with Andrade. Um, you know, it's just happened before. So I love that. That's just the MJF character. And then yep. the, the icing on the cake, he gets the dynamite diamond ring and hammers Wardlow with it, which is what lost him the match against CM Punk. And it helped yep. him win so many other matches. So again, I love this. It kicks off this feud, which is probably going to be going for several months. Like it wouldn't surprise me if this goes beyond double or nothing and maybe even into all out. And yeah. then maybe MJF ends up winning the title after that. Who knows? But mm-hmm. interesting thing as well that uh, JR did reference that Wardlow didn't have any friends to come out and help him. So like yeah. you said, who's Allies. he going to align yeah. with? Like you got to think someone's going to come to his side and right. maybe, pretty maybe, much be anyone at maybe this punk, point. you know? Yeah, maybe, yeah, honestly, it, maybe Sammy, since Sammy's yeah. kind of been mixed up with all these cats, too. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how the Wardlow character develops. And I think he's going to get some good promo time as well. Like, uh, he's only going to get better and better at that. So, yeah, can't wait. Um, there was a quick Jade interview that didn't really do anything. And then we had the Hardy Boys against Private oh, yeah. Party which again, we knew they weren't going to have the Hardys lose their first match. It was a cool match. It was a good, solid match. I mean, I don't really have too, too much yeah, to say about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Not too much. Either. I mean, the, you know, it's good to see Matt Hardy, like doing something that I think is fun because I think it's yes. like Hardy, Hardy family office heel workers. Yeah. Kind of like it had run its course. Oh yeah. It was definite C story stuff, you know, that kind of like was just very bland and it didn't really have the charisma of like a Jericho inner circle. It was even beneath that for me. Like every time they would come out, I would roll my eyes and um, very one note, very like, I've got a lot of money kind of thing. It's nice to see him do his wacky, weird thing with his brother again. Yep. I agree. Yeah. He, Matt Hardy needed this change of character and just having his brother in here, I'm sure will invigorate him. Jeff is such a star. I mean, he's a bigger star than Matt. Um, you know, I think I've said I've not always been the biggest Jeff Hardy fan, but I like him and I'm happy he's here. And I really hope I meant to say this last week with Trevor. I really hope they go back to a Jeff Hardy CM Punk feud because that happened in the summer of 09 on SmackDown when I got just got back into wrestling. Yeah. And I credit that story with like keeping me in it because it was oh, so cool. damn good. Well, it was Punk that. as the heel back then. And we think Punk could be turning heel. Like, you know, there's definite speculation that that may happen. And I would love it. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah I, happy I, the Hardys were here. We talked about last week if they're going to win the tag titles. It'll probably happen at some point, but I think it's going to be a little while. Sure. Um, and then we did have Andrade and Jose come out afterwards with the Butcher Blade and Bunny. And then Darby Allen and Sting came out to make the save. And we're going to get that eight-man tag match next week on Dynamite. So I'm sure that will be fun as well. Yes, and then we have the main event, and I liked how they had the mariachi band out there for Thunder yeah. Rosa playing her out. You know, they're in her adopted hometown of San Antonio, Freeman Coliseum. She gets a huge pop. Um, she has her American and Mexican flag. 
Um, and I love Britt Baker's gear too, because she was wearing it was Razor Ramon NWO inspired gear, which yeah. I thought was awesome. It looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, no Jamie Hader or Rebel. And yeah, as expected, Thunder Rosa gets the W finally hoisting that title. Um, you know, it, this was telegraphed, like we knew, yeah. like once she lost at um revolution we this was going to happen they weren't going to have brit beater again and you know we've talked about with Derek and micah like it kind of rendered that pay-per-view match a little meaningless you know maybe they should have had someone else challenge or whatever but it's fine we're here she's got it she got the w um the match was good it was not great it was good i enjoyed it it was still nowhere near their match last oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if I feel like based on, like, its reputation, if you could have, like, flipped those matches, that would have been best-case scenario. Even yeah. though I feel like that match, like, vaulted that rivalry to the top of the women's it division. It sure did. But, like, so, yeah. you know, like, like, like that match, like, you know, was, like, the identity, you know, like, identity-making match for both of those uh, wrestlers. Um, and, and, right. and, to, and to look back, you know, just at Britt, you know, and how her title reign has not been booked the best, you know. Yeah. And I think it's just been weird because, like, she's a, a heel, but everybody kind of likes her, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, I don't know. I guess it was kind of really hard to, I don't know. It seemed like a bit of a challenge to book, and it didn't seem it like t- it went off the best. Like, this is obviously the juiciest, meatiest, you know, feud she's got. And it kind of mm-hmm. just rushed in there at the, ver- at the very end, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was time for a change, and – I agree. I thought Brit's reign definitely had its high points, but, you know, maybe could have been booked better, but it did legitimize her completely. Oh, yeah. She's a made woman now. I like that they got the new big belt now. Like that belt, women's belt always just looks so dinky, especially compared to when they brought the TBS title in and it's like twice the size. So I'm glad they finally changed that belt. Um, we knew this was going to be bloody. We yep. knew it was, you know, based on their first match and based on them not really doing anything crazy at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So we had the thumbtacks. We had multiple blood spots. Um, I just think, again, I did enjoy this match. I rated it at three and three-quarter stars, but I think they rushed a lot. They didn't sell a lot. Like, we just kind of knew what was going to happen here. Yeah, it, like, it- nothing really surprised me. Um, and it just felt like overdone. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, we had this crazy bloody match last year. How can we somehow try and top it? And you're yeah, just it, not going to. Yeah, it had that WCW Uncensored 99 kind of feel <laughs> where it got bloody really quick. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was just paced real oddly because then like, you know, like Britt got bloodied real quick whenever Thunder, you know, rubbed her face up against the, the chicken The old wire. cheese, the old cheese grater. The old cheese grater. And then kind of at a weird, she brought out the tax kind of at a weird point, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. usually that kind of kind of sort of comes in the middle and then kind of goes away a little bit. But that came out, you know, sort of at the two thirds or three quarters way through the match. And, and like it was Brit, kind of all built around that. It oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Britt, like at the first few moves on Thunder Rosa on the tax. So you kind of like we're like, OK, you know, Thunder Rosa is going to win this. But it was just such like, I don't know, the tax were just in there. And, and then Britt did her move. And then there was such a quick turnaround the Thunder Rosa doing her move on Brit onto the tax. Exactly. That like, like the tax, said, it, it didn't have time to simmer, like the tax, like the pain. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, just not enough selling real. Like, yeah. and that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, 
And a lot of the complaints about this match is that, is that they would just go spot to spot, not selling, boom, boom, boom. And these are all insane moves. And it's like, you're just getting up and going to the next thing. But again, I don't want to take anything away from these two women because they worked their asses off. It was still a very good match. Um, But yeah, it was just a bit telegraphed. But, um, you know, I did like part of the ending, um, like where Thunder Rosa like bit Britt's hand and then like slammed it against the tax. I thought that was good. Um, But then like it just kind of felt a little rushed down the stretch. I know Thunder Rosa hit a powerbomb and then Britt bought a chair in and she ended up hitting her move and like completely missed the thumbtacks. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, it was a good match. I'm glad Thunder Rosa got the belt. I'm glad this feud is over. Although maybe Britt will kind of angle for a rematch at some point. I don't yeah. know. I got to think her and Jamie Hayter are going to be on a collision course at some yeah. point. Like it, I it, think it, those two are going to break up and it, that'll be kind of Britt's next feud okay. is my thought. It, it, but what about Thunder? So like, what do you think is next? Like who's the next big challenger in the women's division? I think it's currently being positioned to be Jade. You know, Ooh. I think that's that, that. I think that's the easy answer. But I think so, there are more deserving people out there. Jade's kind of doing like this Goldberg thing where she's just ra- racking up win yep. after win after easy win. Um, so here's who yeah. I think it'll be and why I don't think it'll be Jade. I think Jade will keep doing her thing with the TBS title and they'll right. want to keep those belts separate for now. Uh-huh. And I think they're going to want Jade to keep winning and winning and winning. So one, they're not going to take the belt off Thunder Rosa so quick. And two, I don't think they want Jade to lose so quick. So yeah. Because Britt has been the champ for so long and she's a heel, there's not a ton of like heels built up very well right now. But you know who is? Is Serena D. Yeah, that 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 was my number two. Yeah. So that is that is who I think it will be. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah. I think she will ultimately win the feud against Sheeta and go on to probably double or nothing. I think that'll be the match. I think Thunder Rosa will defend it against someone beforehand. Maybe a newly heel Chris Statlander. Maybe they start building up more heel. Like Paige Van Zant is now signed. What about she's Ruby? Rob- a heel. What about Ruby Soho? I mean, she's yeah, just she hasn't been. She yeah. hasn't been around too much lately. You're absolutely right. So maybe they do a face versus face. Like that would be yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking about it, and I think it's got to be Serena Deeb. Like yeah. she's the only other women's heel wrestler that they've really put the time into building, and it's been great. And who's been winning so, and winning in like very like yeah. strong, spectacular ways in these like professors five minute challenge where she's kind of squashing some people as well. So yeah, that's kind of my thought. And I would love to see that match. Cause I, I mean, Serena is probably the best technical wrestler of all the women and Thunder Rose is amazing as well. So yeah, we've got kind of our, like we talked last week with Trevor, kind of a reshuffling of the deck here in AEW. We're kind of headed towards a lot of new storylines and uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Yes, it is. Um, so, hey, I guess uh, that's our show. Uh, you got you got anything else to add before we close her up here? I think I need to tell you something about Micah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh.